Our guest speaker is uh, David Cho this morning. I'll just invite him up. David is no stranger to us. He's uh, been up here a few times. So, David, come on up. It's um, good to be here, and thank you for, once again, uh, having us, having me. And uh, let's, let's pray again. Uh, dear God, we thank you for um, giving us this time, and um, I pray that you'll just um, calm our hearts through the Holy Spirit and, and um, somehow speak to us, even through the lips, um, through my lips, Father God. And um, may your work be accomplished in, even in, at this time. We give thanks to you and bless uh, this church so that, they, so that uh, it can continue the work that uh, you've given to them. Um, and uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this morning, I, the text that I chose uh, is um, John's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. And this is one um, familiar passage if you've been to church long enough, and you probably heard at least um, a sermon preached on this, on this text. But I want us to look at this text together and um, uh, reflect on it as we spend this couple of days that we have left in the, in the year. So let me just read the passage. John's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. Twenty-one, fifteen to 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I, I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. This text starts with the words that says, when they had finished eating. You know, the setting is like this. Um, you know, Jesus rose again from the dead, and he sets up a campfire, and uh, he starts cooking the fish that disciples caught. And um, they eat, and they are full and satisfied. And Jesus is about to say something very important. The lesson that we can learn from here, if you want to say something important, you got to eat first. You know, when you want to propose to your girlfriend, for example, you've got to feed her, take her to a nice restaurant, and uh, say the words that you want to say, then you will most likely uh, have a better chance of uh, getting a favorable answer. Um, that's, that's true. Uh, that's why a lot of uh, proposal happens in the restaurant. Lesson we, we can learn from Jesus. But I want to just uh, digress a little bit and talk about my um, family a little bit and what's going through my mind as we um, uh, spend these last, last couple of days that we have left in 2018. Uh, we'll look into this passage soon enough. But in, in my family, most uh, profound conversation 
tended to happen at a uh, campfire, as Jesus is doing um, many years ago. When they were a lot younger, uh, we went on a camping and um, were um, sitting by the campfire at night. And my younger daughter <clears throat> said something that's so profound and deep that I never forgot. Looking up, she said, wow, look at the stars. You know, uh, looking at the night sky, there were so many stars. And uh, away from civilization, the night sky was so uh, covered with uh, these sparkling uh, stars. And the thing is that the stars are there all the time, but we, we miss them in, in the busy city life. And I realized that in the same way, we miss so much as we uh, live our daily lives. We miss God too. God is always present and he wants to speak to us all the time. God wants to speak to us through, sometimes through nature, sometimes through events and circumstances, sometimes through the people that we meet, and mostly through his word. But we tend to miss them often, and we wonder why God is absent and why God doesn't speak to us. You know, anyways, sitting around the campfire, cooking some corns and, and looking at the stars, this, this is one of the things that I, I miss a lot, you know, going camping as a family. Um, nowadays, it's very difficult uh, for us to kind of find the time together. And my daughter is um, third-year university, and my younger one, actually my older daughter is third-year university, and my younger one is first-year at a university very far away. And uh, she's come um, to visit. I, I, I have to say visit um, during these winter holidays. And uh, she's actually leaving to that faraway place uh, this week. Um, what I miss most is like finding this um, time together to do anything. Uh, when they were really little, that was not a problem at all. When I and my wife decide to go somewhere, we just go and then they come as a package, right? <laughs> but not anymore. They're so busy with their own lives, it's so hard actually for me to fit in now. I mean, last Sunday, for example, um, after the church was over, I, I couldn't see my older daughter, so I called her and asked her, where are you? She said, I'm at Canyon Light, Capilano Suspension Bridge. With whom, I ask? And she says, with my friends. You know, that was the answer. And, um, you know, going to a place like that used to be something that we did together as a family. But she's becoming more and more independent and, and um, spending more time with her friends. And I'm becoming less and less of presence in her in our life. And, and uh, you know what? I really came to a point where I realized that uh, as I grow older, it would be just good enough for me if I don't become a nuisance or annoyance to her. Um, and I realized that within 10 years at the most, she'll be out of the house and living her own life. And it's been, uh, I guess, about roughly about 20 good years 
uh, also with my daughters. But the time is fast approaching for me to really let them go mentally, emotionally, and, and physically. And uh, I have to tell you that I've, all of a sudden I felt kind of lonely, I guess. Um, why am I telling you all this? We often look for things that we don't have, whether it be car or money or man or woman or a house or whatever it may be. Because we do this, I think we often were unsettled and dissatisfied. If I only have that, if only my circumstance improves, I'll be a lot happier, we think. In the process, we forget what we do have already and fail to appreciate them. We fail to count the blessings. We lose gratitude and thanks. We do not realize the fact that what we have right now is so precious, and even that can be taken away from us as well. We forget to cherish, behold, and appreciate. The very life we breathe is gift from God. He can take it away anytime he wishes. We do not own our lives. It is a gift from God. The family we have in its imperfections and shortcomings is a gift from God. We often fail to appreciate it. We cease to marvel at the miracle of each new day. The Lord has made it and given to us to appreciate, to cherish, and make the best use of. And then we have this church. Despite all the challenges and difficulties in the year, I'm sure, we're still here together, worshiping the God who loves us and who does not change. So before we talk about a vision or big dreams, we need to come together and just give thanks to God. Then we can talk about the hope of future. Because I believe that hope is only born in the context of gratitude and thanksgiving, never in the context of grumbling and complaining. Failure to cherish, appreciate, and give thanks to all the gifts that's given to us is sin. It's a sin. So my challenge for all of us today is to give thanks, to have the heart of gratitude for 2018, no matter how difficult or challenging uh, it might have been. Give thanks to God for, for the simple fact that we're here together today. So let's go back to the campfire at the beach. Um, so Jesus feeds them, and he's about to say something. And often it's not necessarily... Many words that change us, but as, like the simple words can change us, grab our hearts and pierce them. So let your words be few, but when you do speak, make them count. Jesus had one question to ask and one command to give. Just two sentences, and he repeats them three times. And that completely changed Peter's life. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Feed my sheep. I want to 
notice three things here. Jesus calls him Simon, son of John, not Peter. Peter is the name that Jesus gave him. And, but Jesus calls him Simon, the name that Peter had before he met Jesus. Peter means rock, but right now, Peter is no rock. He's more like a crumbling sand. One thing Peter was certain of was this, that he loved Jesus more than anything else in the world, anybody else. He, so he brags and he boasts, even if all fall away on account of you, I will never will. Matthew 26, 33. And in John 13, 37, he says this, I will lay down my life for you. Matthew 26, 35, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Peter truly meant what he said, but he really didn't know what he was talking about. When I was married, I made some promises to my wife. I met my wife in Korea, and um, so I brought her here, and she had to give up her career and her, leave her family behind just to be with me. Uh, so, so I said, like, I'll make you happy, and um, I'm going to buy you plane tickets so, so you can, I, I'll send you to Korea so you can visit your family every year. Um, I really meant what I said. Um, but I didn't really know what I was talking about. <laughs> there were, you know, as we lived together, there were trying circumstances and turns of events that I was not able to foresee, and I could not really keep my promise. So she had to endure those broken promises. Anyway, Peter really meant what he said. But Peter thought that he was always right. At one point, he, he even had to take Jesus aside and, 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 and correct him or rebuke him. And he says, like, Jesus, you are wrong. You're not, you got to correct your ways, your way of thinking. That's not exactly what he said, basically, but that's what he meant, right? And Peter lived with that kind of conviction and zeal and passion. And he failed miserably. It didn't take much for him to crumble and fail. A servant girl is all he took. When he was warming himself at the fire, this girl challenged him. You were with Jesus, weren't you? She asked. I don't know what you're talking about, Peter says. I don't know the man. And then he began to call down curses upon himself and he swore to them. I don't know the man. In front of a servant girl, his zeal, his passion, his conviction crumbled down and shattered to pieces. Simon failed. Our flesh will disappoint us and fail us. So we, we really cannot trust ourselves too much. We must not trust our flesh. So when Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? He's not sure anymore. He's not comparing anymore. He just says, you know, you know my heart. 
You know who I am. You know, we, we must come to this place of brokenness and utter humility. Only then can we be reborn as a man of spirit. You know, what is faith? What is Christian life? It's not really too complicated. It's very simple. It's, uh, it's a process of going from, I can do this, to you, God. God, you can do. You know, Simon lived a life of, look at me. I'm so great. I got what it takes. But not anymore. You know, faith is simply... God becoming the subject of our life, and we becoming the object. So when God says, go, we go. When God says, stop, we stop. When God says, speak, I speak. When God says, shout, I shout. When God says, be silent, I'm silent. When God says, jump, I jump. Simple as that. You know, one of the familiar passages during the Christmas time is Luke's um, chapters 1 and 2. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1 and 2. And uh, in these passages, um, angel appears three times. First, angel appears to uh, Zechariah. And second time, he appears to Mary to announce the virgin birth. And then the third time, when's the third time? Anybody remember? Um, He the angels appear uh, in the field to, to the shepherds, right? And one thing that strikes me about these angels is this. They, they just announce the message given by God. No more, no less. They do not add their own thoughts or footnotes. They are so transparent they simply obey and deliver the message given by God. And they're just a vehicle. It's like a, kind of like a straw. When you drink, uh, you know, drink with a straw, you don't say after you drink it, oh, what a straw. You don't say that, right? It, exactly that's what angels is like. It's, it's just a vehicle to transport the message of God. And we should be like that as well, being used as a vehicle to bring glory to God. And and that's all. Is God the subject of your life? How was 2018? I mean, have you lived your life in your own way, according to your ambitions and greed? I, I like the song that said, um, what did it say? Lay down our hopes and ambitions and our own plans and surrender all things into your hand. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But can we actually live that? We need to lay down the desires of the flesh and let God be the subject of our life. If you had a prosperous year, relying on your, your own strength, that's not a blessing. Spurgeon once said, if you succeed without prayer, that very success will be your ruin. Your success and prosperity without God will be a cause of your downfall. We need to fail and be broken in our flesh so that God 
becomes God in our lives. The flesh fails. That's the first point I want to bring out. Secondly, I want to talk about forgiveness. You know, Jesus prepares this charcoal fire and cooks fish. All of these things remind Peter of the past memories. You know, Peter was called to be Jesus' disciples while he was fishing. And as, as I shared, Jesus, Peter denies Jesus three times while warming in front of the fire. So this fish and fire, these are some painful reminders of what happened to him. And what makes it harder for Peter is that Jesus asked the same question three times. And he's painfully aware of what happened. He denied Jesus three times. That is matched by asking the same question three times. I don't know the man. Do you love me? I don't know the man. Do you love me? I don't know the man. Do you love me? And Peter is hurt. And precisely here is where Peter's hope lies. He has the capacity to get hurt and cry and be broken. When we lose the capacity to experience and feel pain in our sins and failure, we are dead spiritually. To move from sin and failure, we need to be able to feel the pain of that sin and failure. And this then leads us to repentance. And repentance is followed by forgiveness. Verse 17 The third time he said to him, Simon, son, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And then he says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. He's basically saying, you know all things. Lord, I'm at your mercy. My life is in your hand. You know from beginning to end. You know how I try to follow you. You know my fear. You know I call down a curse to deny your name. You know how I was broken, how I wept. You know how I hurt. So the true relationship with Jesus starts in this way. Only in this way. Crying over the things that I did that grieved God. But the good news of the gospel is this. No matter how big our failure is, no matter how deep our shame is, there's one who forgives. This is what the gospel is all about. And this is what we must remember and hold on to. Our Lord forgives us, renews us, and can use us again. So our failure is never finer with God. Rita Snowden said this. You ask me what forgiveness means. It is the wonder of being trusted again by God in the place where I disgraced him. 
It is the wonder of being trusted again by God in the place where I disgraced him. As we conclude this year, I pray that we can cry over all the sins that grieved God and confess them to him, asking for his forgiveness. And lastly, I want to talk about calling. Jesus says, feed my lambs. Because we are forgiven, we can serve the Lord again. Restoration means calling for mission, calling for responsibility. Loving Jesus means feeding his sheep, accepting the responsibilities for his people. Devotion to Christ is not something up in the air or out of place, out of this world. Devotion to Christ includes devotion to his people. We cannot think of Jesus and his church separately. Church is his bride. Christ is the head of the church. We cannot have the head here and body over there. It's impossible. Accepting Jesus means accepting his bride, that is the church. The church, some may ask, are you talking about the church that is ill, that's divisive and, and full of unhealed scars? Yes, I'm talking about that church. Some may say, I, I, I love Jesus, but I don't know about that church. But Christ's love for church has never changed. Church is his bride, and he died for her. He laid down his life for the people of God. That is the church. So what is most precious to, to him is the people redeemed by his blood. The ship, his ship. The Bible says one soul is worth more than the whole world. May I add, a church is worth more than any organization or institution combined in this world. At the center of Christ's attention is the church. Jesus says, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, do not just stand there looking or criticizing. If you love me, give your devotion to Christ's body, that is the church, even if your hands get dirty or dusty. This is what Jesus would say. And shouldn't that be our desire for the new year as well? Do you love Jesus? You know, love is never static. Love is never in our imagination. Love is a verb. Love is action. Love begets devotion. Love begets mission. It bears fruit. He's calling you and me again and asking for our commitment to his church and his kingdom. As we close 2018, how would you answer if Jesus asked the same question to you? Do you love me? How would you answer? At the end of our life, there's going to be only one thing that really counts. It's not going to be the material possession we accumulated, or it's not going to be degrees that we earned. 
It's going to be just one thing that's going to really count. Loving God and that love being expressed tangibly as loving our neighbors. Someone said, love each other or perish. Without love, we are birds with broken wings. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Give all you got to build the people of God that is the church. Let's pray. Dear Lord, um, thank you that you are God who forgives despite our failings, despite our sins. Whenever we come to you, you are there to forgive us. Embrace us with your love. So would you please help us to not to resist to coming to you, but all the more come to you, knowing that you are there to lift us up again. And thank you that in our failings and imperfections, you are there to use us again. So I ask you to renew our hearts and mind. And uh, as we've closed this 2018 and, and uh, enter into the new year, would you give us new hope and new strength so that once again we can devote our hearts and mind and our energy to building your kingdom. Thank you that you're going to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.